Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. Today, Laurie, we're going to explore the secrets of the erotic minds. Let's jump in. What about your fantasies, Laurie? What's going up there in that <laughs> brain of yours? I fantasize about being Tom Brady's wife. Ooh. <laughs> Collecting all those Super Bowl rings? <laughs> no, just because I'd be Giselle and I'd be like thin and young and tall. <laughs> Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. We got to say, too, about our sponsors, Uberlube, Manscaped, Oh my God, yes. And Addy, you know, I went to the FDA to get help get Addy approved. And we only take sponsors with products that we really believe in, do something good. I mean, we are approached all the time with all kinds of products and stuff that we turn down. So we're recommending things that we have recommended to patients that we've seen as a good product, a healthy product, something that we think will help you. Something that's promoting healthy sex. Really, that's, that's our mission. And all these products are just trying to move the needle and get people more comfortable talking about sex and enjoying sex. So we really appreciate their partnership. I don't know, Lori, about this Tom Brady fantasy <laughs> or Giselle. I know your husband, Derek's a Chiefs fan, and you're, you're portraying him on a lot of levels here. So <laughs> might have to delete this off the uh, podcast. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, he, he listens to all of them, so he might be pretty upset about that. Derek, I tried to have your back. But... <laughs> G, I've been thinking about your name. I've decided to call you a different G name every um, episode. You know, we got G Spot, G String, G Wiz. <laughs> what do you got for me today? What's my new G name? <laughs> How about uh, G String? <laughs> That's a sexy G-string? one. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got to talk about. The secrets to the erotic minds. What questions have you got here, George? You're talking about women, what women think about. Well, I think most of the time when we do the, the best sex breakdown and we, we go to the thinking mind, I was always surprised at how you often talk about women. Really, this is critical for their engagement, right? To really get that erotic mind up and running. You know, they don't have high testosterone, you know, they, they need to get that, that mind working. And, you know, I think a lot of men have no idea what's going on in that erotic mind. So it's, that's a very vague word to me. Like, mm. so are they thinking about old fantasies, old memories? Are they thinking about a book they read, a movie they saw, a little of everything? Like what is going on in that erotic mind? Yes, this yes, is a yes, chance yes. for us to, <laughs> to kind of get invited into this mysterious place that, you know, the eyes are closed and you could see something going on up there, but you know, there's 
often very little communication. First of all, I got to say, I love that you're curious. I mean, I think sometimes one of the fears about sharing that as women is that their partner will be threatened or their partner won't want to know those kinds of things. So I think what you're saying, and I, and I certainly hear it the other way too, men are, many men are infinitely curious about, you know, how women think about sex, how they fantasize about it, what is going on inside their mind. So where do we start? <laughs> Help me. Well, here. you've worked with so many thousands of people and, you know, what are some, some of the input that you've heard? from different women if we're focusing on women here? Sure. So first I would say women think about everything, absolutely everything. And there We're not talking about the dishes and the laundry. No, no, sexually. Sexually. I think they they think about everything. There probably is no limit to their fantasies. And I tend to think nobody really owns our mind. I think that, you know, if you use it, to stimulate yourself sexually, to get aroused, that can be a good thing. I, I don't tend to be very judgmental about people's sexual fantasies. I think sometimes a sexual fantasy is important to understanding the self and understanding what's going on relationally, but not always. I mean, you can have crazy wild stuff going on in your mind. It could be good. Uh, right. I, I know, you know a lot of women experience shame over their fantasies. They think this is immoral or it's politically incorrect. Those are kind of the two categories that then they inhibit thinking about it. But I don't know. I just, I don't think that this is, this is a bad thing. I I know people are worried about lust and this is going to lead them astray. And I, I think there really is something about just sexual content that is so exciting and so fun to think about versus deliberately directing your thoughts toward leaving the marriage or leaving the partnership. So that's kind of how I distinguish. I I love that line when you say nobody owns our mind, right? That's where Mm -hmm. we can be free to go where we want to go. And I think that's so important. And our stance with fantasy has always been, if it's something that increases levels of engagement, it keeps you present. If it's a quality of great sex and love and it strengthens the bond, then it's bring it in. If it creates more distance, the proof is in what the fantasies do. So I know with a lot of men, if they have to fantasize about someone else to get aroused and they're not present with their partner and they're disconnecting from their body, that fantasy actually creates more distance, Mm -hmm. right? So again, I'm just curious when you're saying, you know, all women are doing this, you know, they're closing their eyes and they're going (laughs) somewhere. Like, how is that? increasing their presence like what's going on i know there's a whole spectrum here but this is just our chance to get specific here laurie like where, what are they fantasizing about well first i, know you said I would say i would say they're not just fantasizing in the moment i wish they would a little bit because it would help them i uh, but sometimes just during the day they can have a a dream or an imagination or like you said a memory something that's kind of exciting something to noodle on something to maybe enliven the day a bit that can be sexy and i you know think that it could be really graphic i i think that women tend to have a bit more of a romantic narrative included in their sexual fantasies i talk to men and women and men seem to be 
more regularly always graphic about their sexual fantasies and women. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the billion dollar industry of romantic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of themes. And I, I was reading in that book that we both have the billion wicked thoughts book and they did two passages, uh, sexy passages. And one of them was interestingly from the very first romantic novel I've, I ever read. I was in high school. It was called The Flame and the Flower, and it was a book that kind of revolutionized women's romance novels. I think it was one of the more explicit books. And don't ask me how I got it in high school, because I am certain I did not buy it. I don't think a girlfriend gave it to me. I think it was truly in our library in high school. This was like really dirty stuff, you know? Risky. And I, I remember reading it in the library going, wow. <laughs> but they still, even though it was really explicit sex scenes, they compared that to a male-written book, uh, a book written by a man who was even more graphic and with kind of less emotional content. So I think when I say emotional content, maybe men think it's, you know, it's all hearts and flowers. And romantic novels, they do do a lot of buildup. You know, they do do the... I, I think what is probably most exciting to me about a romantic novel is tension. You know, tension is very exciting. Well, we're going to get more specific when we come back from break. I like this idea of different themes. What are these erotic themes that let's break them down into categories and get a little bit more details. Okay. Way to add excitement to the moment is with Uber Lube. You know, it's this really slick lubricant that doesn't do some of the bad things that lubricants do. It's thin. It actually feels a lot more like a woman's natural lubrication. And I highly recommend it for beginning sexual touching on a man, on a woman. Just start off that way. You know, it helps touching and it's long lasting It's scent-free, taste-free. You can switch from oral sex, intercourse, um, back and forth. It's easy or touching. There's four ingredients. There's three types of high-grade silicone. And then there's just a little bit of vitamin E, which kind of helps our vulva. It's great. doesn't impact your pH, your hormones. It's recommended by doctors, recommended by myself. I love your energy as you talk about it. And how do you spell that, Lori Uberlube? U-B-E-R. L-U-B-E dot com and use the coupon foreplay for 10% off. We have a new sponsor, omgyes.com. And this is Let me about, say that, Lori. Okay. Omgyes.com. <laughs> Slash foreplay to support us at the podcast. And it's, it is a website that shows sexual technique on women. And so many men are curious about how do I touch a woman? This is naked bodies. I know some of you may not go for that, but you know, it is a beautiful website. I've used it and recommended it for years. They even have like a computer generated vulva that you can touch and learn technique from. It's pretty fabulous. They, and they give labels and words for different techniques so that two people can begin to understand each other. You know, I want tapping, I want circling, I want this. It's really a beautiful place. OMGYes.com slash foreplay. 
And we, we just want to say one little extra thing here that they're reaching out to therapists so that you can find this resource and use it free. You can go ahead and on our website, we will have a, a way to reach OMG. Yes. If you're a therapist to get the free sample of what this looks like. Right. So you can tell and your patients. We are partnering with them because they are really advancing the mission of healthy sex to really help women and men learn a beautiful way of just being more engaged. Way to go, OMG, yes. All right. What do you think, Lori? Let's, <laughs> let's go to this mysterious world. You're feeling a bit vague on me. It's, you got a lot of themes and possibilities and neurotic books and the flame in the flower. You know, I still don't know what those eyes are closed. What is going on in that brain? So what, what is it about that first sex scene that you're going to hold on to? Would that be something that, you know, later on will come back in, in a fantasy, like replaying that scene? Or is it like uh, inserting yourself in that scene? Or, you know, what do your clients tell you? I mean, I would say, you know, uh, reading a sex scene is, is arousing. I mean, just right there, it's arousing. So definitely you know, want to have sex at that moment, kind of, I think for me, no, it's not necessarily seeing myself. Oh, that's not true. Let's see. What is it? It's a hookup. <laughs> it's a book hookup. <laughs> that first sex scene is great. And then after that, I could care less. Um, <laughs> what is it about the first sex scene? I wish I could help more, Lori. This is where us men often feel shut out. Again, when you go to that, the flame and the flower, Right. I can see, I mean, for like a man watching pornography, there's something visual, you're seeing it. So that makes an impression. You can go back to that image. Mm -hmm. You're talking mm -hmm. about reading something, these, the popularity of erotic novels, right? Mm -hmm. That you just read that first hookup scene in that book. And, you know, so how does that replay itself as, you know, you're in bed with your lover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that you see yourself in it. I think just the images that you're seeing as you're reading it are erotic and exciting, and your body responds to that. I, I think your body responds to content that is sexual. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime you're reading, thinking about that, it's a turn-on. Mm -hmm. So you can bring so, back? Can I bring it back into a moment with my husband? I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily, it's almost like it goes into the bank more than it is necessarily something that, that a woman needs to recreate. It's, it's sort of like it keeps the sexual fire going, you know, thinking about it, having, having sexual content as part of your life. I totally get outside the bedroom and how that fills the bank. I'm still trying to figure out what happens during sex. What does that erotic mind go towards? I suppose that during sex, it could be, yes, maybe an image that you've read about, maybe the memory. So, you know, I, I think that for some women, it's the emotional connection. You know, they need emotional connection. I, I think for others of us, it is kind of graphic sex that we might mm -hmm. be thinking about. An act that was really good. In my life, I have couple of memories, very salient <laughs> memories that I pull on that to, you know, remind me of those feelings. I, 
I think because as a woman, you don't really have the, the fire that hits you. Um, a memory is a way that, you know, as your mind thinks about it, that great memory of maybe a touch or an orgasm or a scene, you know, with, mm-hmm. a, with your lover, I mean, that turns your body on. The women you work with might be going back in time to a memory of something that happened. Yes. Or they might create a fantasy of the pirates or things that we've talked about that could happen. But if there's something visual about being in a scene that the erotic mind gets into detail, right? It might be a hookup, but there tends to be some emotional kind of component to it. There's this sense of just attuning to what you need and seeing you and anticipating and attention in that. Yeah, I think I think there are sort of themes that work really well for most women. There's kind of the the scene, I think, for a lot of women of being, it's not terribly politically correct, but of being taken, you know, sort of the dominant male. I, I think it's really about energy, that it's something about a man having that sexual energy that is so exciting to women. I, I mean, <laughs> romance novels, you know, all the men are alphas. They're all powerful men. Cowboys are a big one, but doctors, executives, got to say, George, there's no therapist in romantic novels. <laughs> Sorry about Not that. Not yet, Laurie. Not yet. <laughs> you know, I think, I I think your wife book. teased you about that when I was up with you guys, and she was saying, you know, she didn't plan on marrying a marital therapist. <laughs> Not easy sometimes, maybe, that's for sure. Maybe uh, fireman, when she met you, was, was still part of that. Easier that uh, fantasy there. Some of it, and this might be a little bit of my argument with why it's problematic, but there aren't a whole lot of books about women with sexual power, you know, with sexual imagination. It's more about he's the expert lover teaching her, you know, she's the virgin, she's innocent, this is all new, it's the awakening. Those, so I, I think, again, it's that, that moment of awakening that is very exciting. And on the other hand, there's not a whole lot of agency if you, you know, can't also see the excitement uh, being a woman with knowledge, being a woman who takes control of it or offers what she wants and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, even as I say it, I can feel my own political conflict in it. Well, I hear a lot of that with my clients too, uh somebody that lives a life as a feminist and is very proud of that and yet doesn't want to be that same feminist in the bedroom and things kind of switch. And again, we're, we're talking about flexibility here, non-judgment. We're just trying to understand how to, you know, for men, it tends to be graphic and visual. You can see the pornography and, you know, that's part of the turn on. It almost sounds like what, what I hear you saying. There's a you know, a self-playing pornography that's happening in that erotic mind and these different scenes that are happening. Either they were real or they, they're imagined, they're from a book, but there's something about just kind of immersing yourself in that erotic kind of imagery that, that seems to kind of get the engines going. Yes, I, I think you've clarified that. Definitely, there is putting yourself in that place. Well, when we come back, let's talk about how how can women share that 
or or they better off not communicating some of these things with their partner. I was frustrated that I rarely wanted sex, but I learned there's an FDA-approved pink pill for that. Addy or Phlebanserin is the number one prescribed treatment for premenopausal women bothered by low sex drive. Visit ADDYI.com and complete your consultation to see if Addy is right for you. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive low sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past and who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescription, over-the-counter, or herbal medications, or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy, even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI, including box warning at addy.com slash PI, or call 844-PINK-PILL. Is it ADD? So we've opened up the door. We're now inside the woman's erotic mind. We're trying to figure out what's going on here, how it's it bounces around in these these different scenes. So Lori's talking about so many of the clients that she's worked with, and we're trying to figure out, like, how do you communicate this with your partner? Is it even helpful to communicate? Is it better off keeping it to your own freedom? And and what do you think, Laurie? You know, I think you have you have to know your partner. Some men are uber jealous. Some men would feel somehow or another excluded if you had a fantasy about somebody else or something else. I think that women talk about, you know, fantasy is part of the experience and there's also reality. You know, they're looking in the eyes of their partners sometimes. Sometimes they're going back and forth between memories and fantasies and and sensual touch that they're experiencing right then. I think all of it is wonderful. I, I don't think necessarily every time you shut your eyes you know, it's about being somewhere else. I mean, sometimes you're right in the moment there with your partner experiencing that. And yeah, sometimes you go somewhere. My husband always says to me things like, what are you thinking about? Or you're somewhere else, you know, just when we're even in conversation, let alone in bed. And, you know, he's really curious about what's happening inside my mind. But I talk to women who, whose husbands kind of feel that as an absence you're, you're somewhere else. You're not with me. What were you saying about being present? Like the fantasy from before might have been a time that you were really alive and aware to that partner. And that's, you're not fantasizing at that time. Say that, George, because I wanted to argue with you a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the fantasies that you're going back to these powerful awakening moments you know, if we would have a scene in that moment, it, it wouldn't seem to me that you'd be fantasizing in that scene. You don't need that fantasy because the power of the moment is so strong. Mm-hmm. So, and we get every moment can't be that way. So mm-hmm. why would your brain not want to get a little boost by kind of getting that jolt from a past or a or, or possibility of, of something in the fantasy? 
So, I mean, I guess it's helpful what you're talking about, the switching. Like you might need a little some imagery to kind of heighten the moment. And then you're back with your partner, you're present. So it's, it's something that's accentuating. I guess I'm just curious, is it even helpful to share it? I mean, just to keep the erotic secrets in your own mind. I mean, what would be helpful about sharing it? I mean, I think certainly the helpfulness might be if you want to recreate that scene or create that scene, you know, if it's, if it's something you've never done. I mean, our mind is, is an infinitely creative tool to help us sexually. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can, we can imagine all kinds of things that maybe we would never do, but maybe sharing with our partner something that we think about turns our partner on. And turns us on to share it. I think the vulnerability of sharing it is a turn on too. I love that. that there's so much good information in this fantasy about the gas pedal and what turns you on. To be able to share that really gives, gives your partner good information about how to help you get more turned on. Right. So withholding the information to protect them from hurt or protect you from feeling bad also prevents that good information from being shared. Yeah, I... I think that, you know, people judge themselves. I, I have lots of listeners who write in about lesbian fantasies, women who have lesbian fantasies, and, and they're not lesbian. And they feel like that's wrong to, to use those fantasies. One of our listeners, on my advice, I wrote back to her personally, and I said, yeah, I think you should share it. And her husband said, you know, why would you not want, I, I think it was actually a she had a fantasy of a threesome, you know, a lesbian mm-hmm. and a man. And she, and the man was her husband in her fantasy. And, and he said, you know, why wouldn't you want multiple people loving you simultaneously? Which was so reassuring, so loving, so accepting. These were people who monogamy was it. They weren't going to act this fantasy out. But kind of that level of acceptance and that level of understanding and interpretation you know, opened her up. You know, she, she wasn't ashamed and bad. She could Mm -hmm. talk about it and, and together they could be more excited about it. And it's so important that you have that safety. I mean, if people want to role play being somebody else, that's great if it works, but if people start to get worried, you actually want somebody else because there's a lack of safety or there's distance in a relationship, then the sharing could actually lead to more defensiveness, insecurities, and kind of shutting down. So I do think there is, I think you really need safety to have these conversations. Oh my gosh, yes. And if you're going to do a role play, and that's fun because both people are not going to take this personal. I mean, I know you're not a pirate, but you're playing a pirate and we're having fun with it. Right. But if the, if the, a lack of safety leads to, Oh, wait a second, my partner really wants someone else and doesn't want me. Right. And then it starts to kind of increase fears and pressure. Then, then the sharing actually becomes counterproductive. So how mm-hmm. do couples really have conversations around assessing their levels of safety? Cause this is a really risky thing to do to let you in, to let, your partner into your erotic mind. It is risky. You know, they, they could not think it was erotic or they could think it was, you know, way out of the box or they could find it. I, I think the, the difficulty is they could find it somehow or another they're lacking. 
you know, especially when women are fantasizing about executives and cowboys and doctors and, and something that the man may say, you know, I, I'm a bureaucrat, you know, <laughs> I'm a therapist. <laughs> All you therapists out there listening, y'all are great, just for the record. I, yeah, I, I treasure you all. <laughs> I, think, I think you're sex, sexy think, beasts. Yeah. Even if the world don't see it. Yeah, that's right. I think you're sexy beasts. <laughs> and we know we have a lot of therapists who listen to us. But if you would throw this into some of these general themes, you know, you have these past powerful awakening moments. You have the powerful partner, executive, cowboy, pirates. You might have a lesbian kind of theme. You might have uh, the woman being in charge and being powerful. And any other themes out there that these erotic mind could just kind of race into? I think women think about graphic stuff too. You know, they think about being touched in a way that is really attuned. You know, they think about that um, seeing their partner. You know, women dream about men and Women dream about naked men. I mean, I, I've said this on the podcast, but one of my favorite things to do is come up with coffee in the morning and watch my husband shower. You know, it's just, it's, it's a sexy thing. It's not necessarily just a fantasy, but, you know, I think about it during the day. You know, what do you look like? I th that is part of my mind and how I get engaged. So I think most men can relate to what you're saying. I mean... Every man at times has thought about a previous episode to kind of get more turned on or thinks about something they've seen or there's some fantasy about it, you know. So it, we're not that different after all, Laura, I guess is what I'm, I'm hearing you say. No, I think men and women are very different in how they fantasize in my experience with what Go women on. tell me and with what men tell me. What's the difference? Oh, man, we, we got to do another podcast. We're out of time, George. This is another episode. Well, we opened the door. We kind of took a step into that woman's erotic mind here. And Laurie, as usual, is telling us there's a lot more to talk <laughs> about that we haven't even scratched the surface here. So, yes, another podcast on going deeper into the erotic mind. But I... I I am leaving this conversation just appreciating the freedom and how important that is. And to really, to start to shed the shackles of kind of all of these tapes that can play around how, how bad it is or try to kind of, you know, this is, this is a place where people are, are designed to just wander. It's so expansive and there's a lot going on here. So I think couples that could learn how to have more conversations in safe, non-threatening ways, it just opens up so much more space for their relationship. I agree. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep it erotic and hot. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.